Proteus pushes open the grimy doors to King Frederick's. Nothing stirs within the bar. Only the fat, balding barkeep walks throughout the lobby, restocking supplies on various tables dotted within. When she enters, the door chimes, and Taub grunts a greeting. You new around here? Fresh from Klagenfort Ulm before that. Arrived with a few others just as you all started gathering in the streets. Oh, that's where I recognize you from then. You're the one who made a big deal about the stoning, right? I hadn't expected to find a clergyman in my bar tonight. Go on and take a seat, won't you? Is stoning so common around here that you all just gloss over it like that? Didn't have a single one before the annexation, but now that Martin is here, he has them enough where those who are born in Durenbar don't shoot their pistols in the air and threaten everyone who partakes. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. What's your drink, clergyman? Ugh, Riesling. Oh, do you have a year in mind? Something young enough where it doesn't empty my wallet, and something old enough where I don't spit it in your face. Taub chuckles as he meanders to the wine cellar in the back. Herodias watches him leave, and as soon as he disappears from view, she begins to investigate. Quietly, she moves from the bar and walks around the tavern. The chairs stacked on top of the tables are coated in thick layers of dust. Cobwebs stringing from the legs of the chairs hold fat spiders, which sit on webs full of flies. Herodias slips behind the bar, looking over the back wall where several notice boards are nailed. Several flyers litter the board, listing the bishop's warnings against the intoxicating effects of alcohol, the dangers of gambling, the woman's role in modern society, and a curfew no one seemed bothered to keep. Between the papers tacked to the wall, a wooden plank is embedded with several rows of keys across it. Above each key is burned into the wood a room number, and the only set missing belongs to room 27. She crouches down behind the bar and ruffles through the stacks of plates and silverware, all of which are rusted and cracked. On the far end of the bar, the newest model of the Monleiker rifle rests next to a case of shells. Resting next to the gun is a large keyring riddled with dozens of keys. The heavy footsteps of the innkeeper sound as he glumphs up the stairs. Deftly, Herodias rolls over the top of the bar and returns to her seat as Taub rounds the corner. He reaches beneath the bar and grabs a bottle opener. The bottle pops open as he removes the cork and pours Herodias a glass. What brings you to Durenbar? Or is all that church business kept hushed up? We're investigating Antoinette. Oh, is that so? <laughs> not sure what else it could have been. The whole town seems to be buzzing about it. But not you. When it comes up, sure, but my business is not to go poking around in other people's affairs. From the looks of this place, I'd say your business, whatever it might be, isn't doing so well. The witch. She's bad for business, is she? Not the witch, no. But Martin. One of his more recent tirades before his witch hunt was against alcohol. Haven't had too many visitors after that. It sounds like you've got some empty beds, then. How much for a couple? Uh, well, I don't have any rooms. I thought you just said you didn't have any business. No. Martin is against alcohol. He hasn't preached about sleeping in taverns yet, so my business there has been constant. Right. Herodias finishes her glass and pours another, while Taub pulls out a dry rag and tries in vain to remove one of the hundreds of stains left in the wood. Well, if you're all full upstairs, know anywhere where I can stay? Uh, perhaps down the road. The widow Martha often will offer a few beds to those passing through. Think it's likely she'll have a room for us? Likely, oh yes, I'm, I'm sure of it. The witch may not be bad for my business, but the few travelers we used to get stay far away now. Throughout their conversation, 
A Persian woman, Rosalie, escorts a drunken man into the bar. She whispers to him, giggling as she runs her hand across his arms and chest. Not far enough where I can get a room, though, it seems. She finishes her second glass and reaches to fill a third. Before she can grab the bottle, however, Taub grabs her wrist and, with his eyes fixated on the counter, says, Unfortunately, I think it's time you leave, clergyman. The bar is closing for the night. Herodias lazily watches the pair move further into the bar and move up a set of creaking stairs. As Rosalie passes the bar, she drops her drunken facade, glaring at the bartender. Taub nods hastily as Herodias asks, Ah, uh, let me have another one for the road, eh? I'm afraid not. There are many things I have to do around the bar before I can lock up. Ah, uh, just let me stay a bit longer while you lock up. I'd be happy to pay you double. I'm afraid I cannot do this for you. You have to leave. Please, get out now. Ah, uh, hold on now. At least let me pay for the wine. Herodias stares blankly at Taub, her hand unmoving to reach for her wallet. It's on the house tonight. It's the least we can do for a clergyman keeping the town safe. I was planning on buying the rest of the bottle. Whatever. Take the bottle and get out. Hmm. You sure? Still quite a bit of it left in here. Yes, very sure. Now please go. Well, nonsense. I can't do that to you. Business being slow and all. Taub slams his hand on the bar, his nervous demeanor dropping, replaced quickly by anger and fear. Get out now! I've told you at least a thousand times already you need to get out! Now go, or I'll drag you out myself. Herodias raises her hands in the air while sliding off the back of the bar stool. She backs away from the bar, and she presses up against the doors, causing the bell to chime loudly as it announces her exit. Alright, I'm going. Just one more question. If you don't have rooms available, then what's with the keys? What do you mean? You see, I'm just confused is all. Those might be spare keys, but if they are, then, then why is the set missing? Maybe you misplaced it. That's fair. But then that doesn't explain the large key ring below the bar. Seems more likely to me that you lied about being booked. The only question is, why would you be stupid enough to do a thing like that? As Herodias finishes speaking, a blood-curdling scream of a man rings out from upstairs. Herodias looks up to the floorboards, before looking back to Taub, a slight smile twitching on her lips. The anger drains from Taub as he hears the scream, leaving only terror and panic. I'm going to take a guess that that's why. You know I'm going to have to look into that, right? No, you can't. Why not? She'll kill me if you do. Who? Who will? Taub looks frantically around the room as the scream gurgles to a stop, leaving only the sound of Taub's panicked breathing. Who is going to kill you? Taub looks to the ceiling, then over to the double doors, then to the bar. Hey, look at me. Who's gonna kill you? Taub's gaze shoots up to Herodias, then back down at the bar. Don't do it. Two men have already died tonight, and I cannot promise that there won't be a third. Taub ducks behind the bar, grabbing the rifle and sliding several shells into it. Herodias runs forward, then slides across the floor, her back leaning up against the bar. Can't you see she's right? Taub peeks up from behind the bar, the barrel of his rifle sweeping across the room, scanning for the slightest movement. As the tip protrudes over the lip of the bar, Herodias reaches up and wraps both hands around it. With a quick motion, she tries to flip the rifle over the bar, jerking it from Taub's hands. 
However, her attempt fails, and Taub securely holds the stock of the rifle in his meaty hands. The blood-curdling cries start once more as Taub yells, Martin is the monster here! Taub yanks the gun from her grasp and drops to a knee. With a thud, he slams the barrel against the side of the bar and pulls the trigger. BANG! The bullet splinters through the wood, gracing the top of Herodias' right shoulder. Quietly wincing at the pain, Herodias lays herself flat against the floor. Taub pulls back the bolt of the rifle. The empty shell rings as it bounces on the floor. Bang! Another bullet flies through the wood. With each powerful impact of the bullet into the wood, the wine glass skips closer and closer to the lip of the bar. Now it teeters precariously, rocking back and forth. Bang! The bullet cracks through the bar, and the glass shatters against the greasy bar floor. Herodias crawls to the end of the bar, taking the largest glass shard with her. Meanwhile, Taub scoots backward and repositions himself at the end of the bar. He peers down the length of the barrel to the opening of the bar, opposite of him. Herodias holds out her glass shard, turning it carefully until she spots Taub's position. Bang! He fires at the hand, and Herodias barely manages to roll backwards to avoid it. Slowly, she inches herself backwards, towards the other end of the bar. Taub scuttles forward, one hand holding the rifle, roughly aiming at the opened end of the bar, as his other hand smacks around the shelf until he grabs the case of bullets. He retakes his former position, and slides several more shells into the barrel. You want to help save Durenbar clergymen, then kill Martin! Frau Hosp saves us. Martin only condemns us. Saves you? You just said that she would kill you. Herodias continues to scoot backward until she stomps underneath the bottle of Riesling, holding out cupped hands to catch the bottle. She might kill me, clergyman. Martin will kill me. There is no choice but death for us here in Durenbar. I align myself with those who won't kill a man solely because he's a queer. Martin will pay for his crimes, but so must Antoinette, and so must you if you don't lay down your gun. BANG! Another bullet rips through the bar, and the bottle falls into Herodias' hands. Taub drops to his stomach and crawls along the baseboards, stopping on the other side of Herodias. He places the gun on its side, resting on the ground. BANG! The shot tears through the wood, and the screaming from the upper level stops. A palpable silence fills the air and rings in Taub's ears. He cocks his head, trying to listen for the faintest noise. After a minute, he sighs. Sorry it had to be this way, clergyman. He slowly stands, and while doing so, he glances up and catches sight of Herodias, sitting on top of the bar. Taub tries to raise the gun, but before he can, Herodias slams the bottle of Riesling down on the innkeeper's head. Taub collapses in a heap on top of the shells, hiding them from view. Herodias brings the shattered bottle to her lips, and drains the last few drops into her mouth. Damn it. I was gonna drink that. Herodias crouches low over Taub and checks him for a pulse. His blood still thrums through his thick veins, despite the blood dripping from his temple. Herodias pulls the rifle out from underneath him, and empties the shells into her hand before tossing them over the bar. She throws the rifle on top of Taub, then crouches down and removes the large keyring from the shelf glancing up at the board to the missing 2-7 key. Herodias pulls out her Smith & Wesson from its holster on her side, and she slowly makes her way across the bar. As she reaches the foot of the stairs, the screaming starts anew. Herodias begins to ascend the stairs, favoring the edges of the step, which refuse to creak beneath her light weight. At the top of the stairway, a long hallway reveals several doors down in its length. Holding the keys tight in her hand to prevent their jangle, she makes her way down the hall. Light from two lanterns on the wall reflects off the brass markers until she stops outside room 27. Keeping the base of the keys tight in her hand, she uses her thumb to spread out the keys, 
and one by one slides a key into the lock, then delicately tries the knob. On the fifth attempt, the lock quietly clicks, and Herodias slowly pushes the door open, the revolver trained squarely towards the center of the room. Inside, the room is relatively dull. A few cabinets and nightstands line the room, and two large windows rest on either side of a large four-poster bed. To the right of the bed, a second door leads further into the room. All of the furniture in the room, including the curtains and secondary door, took a liking to the decor of the lower floor. Dust collects high on every surface. The edges of the furniture are splintered. The color of the curtains have been bleached by the sun, and the paint on the walls and door are chipped heavily, leaving only trace streaks of the color. Strewn across the bed is the man who accompanied Rosalie earlier. His limbs are pulled tight in every direction, and tied so tight his hands began to turn purple. Jammed in his mouth is a blood-soaked rag, littered with black mold, and from the side of his neck, blood pours from a fresh wound. Herodias moves to enter the room, but as she does so, the man screams again, and his body arches, fighting the restraints keeping him in place. Before her eyes, Herodias watches as the man's skin begins to change and ripple. His skin, muscle, and bone begin to retract inward as his body squishes together. Fat and muscle redistribute themselves as his entire body is slowly transformed. He yells as his facial hair is pulled back into his face, and his strong jawline is molded like putty by unseen hands to resemble a heart-shaped face. His hair then rapidly grows from his scalp and changes from the roots out, from the muddy brown of the man to the raven's black of Antoinette. Herodias watches horrified as the man bound on the bed now resembles Antoinette in every detail. The two were so similar that even with her keen eyes, she was unable to discern any differences from the mimic before her and the woman she saved from being stoned only hours before. Rosalie then enters the bedroom from the inner door and brandishes a knife in her hand. She straddles Antoinette, who now lays motionless on the bed. With the tip of the blade, Rosalie cuts down the length of her vest, exposing Antoinette's breasts. Herodias places the keys silently on the ground next to her, and with both hands on her revolver steps into the room, barrel trained on Rosalie. Stop where you are. Rosalie jumps and cranes her neck over her shoulder. Seeing Herodias, Rosalie quickly rolls onto the ground and holds the edge of her knife against Antoinette's throat. My name is Ava Verzicht. I am the Lamb of the Eleventh Order of the Clergyman, Agent Herodias, serving under the crook of Shepherd Ezra Sforza. By the holy name of Pope Theodius II, I order you to drop your weapon and surrender yourself over to the church. Rosalie looks frantically around the room for an escape. I will not ask again. Drop your weapon now or I will be forced to take lethal action. Finding no other option, Rosalie lowers the knife. Suddenly, the thunderous sound of someone charging up the stairs and down the hall shakes them all, and Herodias turns to face the newcomer. Taub rounds the corner of the doorframe, rifle held firmly in his hands. Herodias fires a shot. It goes wide and clips the top of the door. Bang! Herodias yells and drops to the ground as the bullet rips through her side and blood begins to rush from her body. Tao pulls back the bolt, the shell clattering to the ground in front of Herodias. He lowers the rifle, aiming down at her. But before he can fire his rifle again, Herodias fires a shot. The innkeeper cries out in pain as the bullet cleanly passes through his knee. As he drops to the ground, she fires another shot, which splits down the center of Taub's balding head. Through haggard breaths, Herodias wraps her hand over her wound, tears tracing down her cheeks. She grits her teeth, then with white knuckles uses the doorframe to pull herself to her feet. 
Through the painfully slow process, Rosalie carves into the open chest of Antoinette. Stop! Herodias sways on the spot as the corners of her vision begin to blacken. She struggles to raise her gun, but before she can, Rosalie runs at her with a knife. The blade sinks into Herodias' shoulder as she fires a shot into the floor. A cry briefly parts her lips as Rosalie leaves the knife in Herodias and pulls the Smith & Wesson from her grip. With the revolver now turned on her, Herodias pulls the knife out of her shoulder and cuts down at Rosalie's wrist. The blade cuts the witch's hand. Before she drops the gun, she fires a shot which sinks into Herodias' outer thigh. She stumbles forward onto Rosalie, and they both crash onto the ground. Rosalie rolls on top of Herodias, one hand still holding the clergyman's gun, the other wrestling with Herodias over the knife. Herodias swings the weight of her body onto Rosalie's side, and the witch's head is slammed against the edge of the dresser. She releases control of the revolver, Herodias spinning it around to point at Rosalie. Before the clergyman can take the shot, Rosalie uses her free hand to claw at Herodias' face, the witch's long nails seeping into her eye socket and scratching at the skin. Through pain, panic, and frustration, Herodias uses the chamber of the gun to bash against the side of Rosalie's head. Rosalie fights through the pain and takes the knife from Herodias' hand, and brings the blade down onto Herodias' right shoulder, the arm she holds the gun with. Herodias grunts in pain, dropping the revolver which clatters to the wooden floor. Rosalie wraps both hands around the knife and whips it high above her head, then plunges the blade down towards Herodias' chest. The blade stops abruptly, inches over her heart as both of Herodias' hands shoot up to catch the witch's wrists. The two struggle, but even with her wounded shoulder, Herodias can overpower the witch as she screams and throws Rosalie off of her. The blade sails from her hands and slides to the foot of the bed. Smacking out blindly for the revolver, Herodias grabs it and quickly turns it on Rosalie, who rolls beneath the bed out of Herodias' sight. With her back on the ground, Herodias uses her legs to inch backward towards the doorframe, staying conscious only through the rush of adrenaline pounding through her system. Rosalie pops out from beneath the bed on the other side and scampers to her feet. Herodias fires a shot which grazes against the witch's shoulder, and Rosalie collapses against the window. Rosalie reanalyzes her situation. Her weapon was compromised. Her escape was blocked, and her opponent seemed to be immortal. It's over. Surrender now, or I'll splatter the walls with your guts. Rosalie takes a step back, her body pressed against the window. At the sudden movement, Herodias fires a shot at her. With her vision mostly blackened, the bullet doesn't even come close to the witch, and shatters the glass of the window. Rosalie looks back at Herodias, sympathy carved on her grave features, before she leaps from the window to the streets below. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to The Clergyman Immortal Woman, a leached talent production, written and directed by Annie Gonzorn, produced and audio engineered by James Quesada, music compositions and sound design by Maddie Gosshorn, narrated by Seth Weeks, and with voice acting by the following talented cast members. Hannah Reinhard as Herodias, Zan Kramer as Silas, James Quesada as Taub, Subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode, and leave us a rating and a review to help other people discover the show. Check us out on social media and on the web by following the links in the show description. Thanks again for listening, and keep the faith. Keep the faith.